Welcome to the Road to Reinvention podcast. I'm your host, Sherelle Dorsey, tech founder, author, speaker, and networking connoisseur. After several successful businesses and what many would consider a life well-lived, I found myself struggling after earning all of my gold stars to answer the simple question of what's next. Once you've done everything you said you would do and then some, do you create just another goal? Do you hang it up? Do you pivot and show up in a new space? Do you do something you're passionate about and damn proud of? Or do you once and for all decide to put that kind of energy into your personal life and put the work aside? I don't know yet, but I have tons of friends and colleagues and people I admire that have tracked this same journey who will be joining us this season to bear it all. How they answer the question that left them puzzled after earning the highest of highs. Join me in tuning in to hear from those who learn to navigate their own road to reinvention. So welcome back to The Road to Reinvention. Today, my guest is Matt Hagman, and Matt is the Executive Vice President of Opportunity Miami at the Beacon Council, a public-private partnership that is the official economic organization for Metropolitan Miami. Opportunity Miami is an initiative focused on shaping Miami's long-term economic future. He currently is a founding board member of Endeavor Miami, a trustee at New World Symphony, I need tickets to the symphony, just FYI, I'm going to just plug that, and advisor to national nonprofit Right to Start. Matt is also an award-winning journalist in business, government, and investigative stories. Matt has been called the cornerstone of a renaissance in Miami Tech by the Miami Herald, and we will see why in a bit. And today, I'm also thrilled to call him our guest and a friend, Matt Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Always a pleasure. So Matt, you have built an incredible career, particularly in Miami, that is really rooted in this idea that Miami as a city and as an ecosystem is capable of this incredible idea around reinvention. And it plays so well. And I think some of the series that you're storing your journey has has been. And so I want to know, like, what does reinvention mean to you personally? Well, first of all, just want to say thank you, Sherelle, for having <laughs> you. It's so awesome to be here. It's awesome yeah. to have you in Miami. Um, and just such a privilege to be able to have this conversation. Always. So thank you so much. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, I think you're identifying Miami with reinvention um, is something that is really near and dear, you know, so Miami's a place. So I'm from the Northeast originally. I yeah. came here 20 years ago to work as a journalist. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be a year or two and then off to another city and live this life of, you know, going to different cities as a journalist. And instead I really found home. Yeah. And, um, and it really goes back to that idea of reinvention, you know, so I'm originally from, from Boston, right. Yeah. A place with a, you know, a, a, a long history Um, old institutions, uh, traditions, and I love Boston and it's, you know, it'll always be my hometown, but in the place I grew up, but came to Miami and found a place with short history, young institutions, and virtually no guardrails, right? This is a place where anything goes. And meanwhile, this is a place that, you know, where people from around the world sort of are together coming to and making up together. Mm-hmm. Right? Was that and hard? That was, so was that exciting. transition hard from Boston to here? For whatever reason, right? And I know, yeah. I know and I know a lot of people who came here and found it really hard. I know 
stories of people who came here and ultimately left because it just yeah. didn't speak to them for whatever reason. It was just very intuitive. It just, I got here. I mean, part of it's also the role I was in as a journalist. You're always out talking to people. It's yeah. one of these roles you can call anyone up and say, hey, I want to talk about right. this. And it's people yeah. are like, sure. Because your, your grounding was in understanding community. Totally. Understanding the inner workings of Miami, even though Young still had began to build its own culture. And so you got to get immersed from a journalistic standpoint. 100%. And yeah. it's like, and the thing that was so appealing too about Miami is, is that there was no, I remember talking to a, a it was back in Boston, talking to a friend and, uh, and said, how's it going? He said, you know, I still feel like I'm waiting my turn a little bit. Mm. And in Miami, there's no waiting your turn, right? Miami, you can come here and very quickly be part of shaping the life and future of this community. Yeah. You know, in a lot of cities that can be harder because you're sort of bumping mm -hmm. up against these sort of different layers of, of influence and, and networks of people. Whereas Miami, it's really been a spirit of, you know, you can come here yeah. uh, and you can sort of make this city as you want it. And mm -hmm. people really encourage that initiative. And that's a, one of Miami's superpowers that, you know, as, as our city is, is maturing and beginning to grow up and mm -hmm. maybe starting to move out of its adolescence a little bit. Yeah. That I hope we never lose that. You know, I, so I had, I've done a couple of stints in Miami, as you know, yeah. and I think on my second stint is when we got connected Yeah, and you made some incredible introductions for me in Miami. Oh. And what I, what I found fascinating about your story and your optimism about Miami is a lot of folks aren't necessarily comfortable with being able to invent or envision right? There's a lot of cities where there is a path, right? When exactly. I, I always think about Boston and I think about, you know, the universities there. I think right. about going from a top tier university into like a major consulting practice, you know, being a consultant and then like going to B school. Like there's kind of this tried path. and true path, yes. right? That like many take, it works, it pays very well yeah. and it's very linear, um, you know, for, for all intents and purposes. And then I think the way in which you were able to come to Miami as a journalist, you know, get heavily involved in the ecosystem, um, continue to be passionate about the ecosystem, especially when you're almost like building a plane as you fly. Totally. That takes a ton of both vision and passion, of course, but also a level, I think, of comfortability in the ambiguity. 100%. And like, I think for myself, all of those things sound like great ideas. Like, oh yeah, you mean there's like not a specific roadway. There's also the reality of that discomfort of deciding this is what I want to see in this city can be really, really hard because there's not a right or a wrong answer, but you still have to forge ahead. So maybe you can talk about like any any level of discomfort you may have experienced, but you know why you continue to, to see this environment. Um, as as a route to opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I, you know, in a lot of ways, I was very fortunate because what I found at the beginning and I, and what I hope to impart, you know, now that I've been here for a little while, is I found a place that with a uh, open mind, yeah, a welcoming spirit, and a place that really rewarded grit and initiative, right? Yeah. A place that really took pride in the hustle. And, and those are, this, as I was talking about sort of Miami superpowers, those are sort of the Miami superpowers that I hope that we'll always hold on to, even mm -hmm. as, you know, we're growing up in so many ways as a city. Yeah. 
But I think you're right. I think it requires sort of a level of comfort and ambiguity, right? A mm -hmm. level of comfort in, you're not sure exactly where we're going on this journey, yeah. but you do feel it's a journey worth taking and sort of those moments of ambiguity and uncertainty are ones that, you know, don't become a cause for concern, but just sort of, just sort of part of, you know, being on the way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like Miami can, it can be very, um, it can have a very superficial narrative. Oh, right. Big time. Yeah. And I think like the last few years, especially when we talk about the tech space, the crypto space and kind of all of these other things that the branding of Miami was over the last few years, particularly amid the pandemic, um, you know, it was one narrative, mm -hmm. but you've rooted yourself in this ecosystem in a really unique way um, in your various roles in which you've served here. And, and maybe, yeah. yeah, you can kind of dive into what those sure. roles have been yeah. um, and and how you have invested, I think, into the real Miami, which as an outsider, of course, like what is the real Miami? Right. But I think to an extent of what is being created from the ground up from folks who are rooted here, who've, who've bought here, who have, who have, or are building their families here, mm -hmm. um, totally. and who are going to be benefiting from the work of ecosystem investment. Totally. No. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. So, so for sure, Miami, we've got the flash. Miami can be very superficial. Um, those those things are are all here. There's no yeah. doubt about it. But you know, for me, what I found is actually a place of real substance. Mm -hmm. Where this is where a place that people come to and are you know reinventing in their own lives or starting over. I mean, mm -hmm. if there's any place that knows about the hustle, that knows about sort of getting through tough periods in life, that knows about transitions, it's Miami. Yeah. Right. I mean, and you think about, I mean, how. Well, we could go on. We'll talk more about sort of the different, all the different paths that, you know, that there's so many, the, the countless stories that have yeah. led people to here. Yeah. Um, and there is such a, an authenticity and genuineness mm -hmm. and realness yeah. about all of those stories. And that to me is the Miami that really want to spend my time, you know, really yeah. investing in. And, and you know, it was during the, my time as a reporter that sort of really saw that Miami. And it was after 10 years as a reporter, most of the time at the Miami Herald, had the opportunity to go to a place called Knight Foundation. Yeah. And so I walk into Knight Foundation 10 years ago now, right? Yeah. And so this is end of, God, this is, it started the end of 2011. So we're now beginning okay. like 2012. So we're talking like the world has gone through this economic recession. Exactly. And now that's kind of this reemergence. So it's Coming almost like out the, of the Great Recession. That's right, right. right. Which was almost a reinvention of, of itself. 100%. Right? Like everything that we thought was true was now sort of this big upheaval and a refocus, a recentering around like, well, okay, well, what are we as a society? Exactly. And like now, like now that everything, all the illusions have kind of shattered. Now we kind of get to build something real. 100%. Yeah. And so, and had this really unique opportunity go, moving from being a reporter. And that, by the way, going to Knight Foundation was sort of my way of doubling down in Miami. Because I had lots yeah. of friends who are reporters who are right now. who are in yeah. LA and DC and New York. You right, know. because the goal was that you would almost move around within oh, yeah. your career. And then it's very rare to hear a journalist has stayed one in place. the same one place I mean, for right now, a decade. Right, right now, I can, like this morning can see, you know, friends whose bylines are at the New York Times or yeah. LA Times or Washington Post. But I really wanted to double down on Miami. And so going yeah. down, going to Knight Foundation was that. And the, the really interesting thing and the real privilege was I get to Knight Foundation and the CEO, a guy named Alberto Obarguin, mm -hmm. who had been the publisher of the Herald, who actually 
hired me at the Herald. Um, wow. The, um, you know, the it was at a moment of time where Knight was figuring out what to do next in Miami. Mm -hmm. And so my marching orders were figure out what's next for Knight Foundation to focus on in Miami. Mm -hmm. I remember him very vividly sitting in his office and he said, go talk to people for four months and come back and tell us what's next in Miami, yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. And so it was this really Which was easy because you're already a journalist. Well, you so. know, it's so funny, Shira. <laughs> that was my first thought. Yeah. Right. This was a new thing for me. Okay. Working at a foundation, you know, my job was as, you know, Miami director. Yep. Yeah. And, um, but I thought to myself, well, I'm just going to go be a journalist. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go talk to people, meet people where they are. Right. And hear about their concerns, their aspirations. And out of that, Mm -hmm. develop a vision about sort of if we had to pick one thing there are lots of things of course required in any city going forward thinking about the future we have to pick one thing yeah. you know land on what that is and so went around did the, did this sort of walk about and came back and so this is you know early 2012 and said okay what's it what's it going to be what's the if what's the next thing for Miami what mm -hmm. is that thing you want to focus on and you know and you know, what I said was, you know, want to launch an initiative focused on building a tech and startup community in Miami. Yeah. And the thesis was, is, and you know, this is a space you've, you know, been in for so long and yeah. been a leader in for so long. And the thesis was that the primary centers of innovation aren't going to go away, mm -hmm. but the cost to create and do are going down. So mm -hmm. the ability to act and drive change on an individual small group basis is going up exponentially. Yeah. And so what that's going to lead to is that's going to be Talent, people, yeah. funding will ultimately become more mobile, mm -hmm. right? And so that gives the opportunity for new places to emerge as centers of innovation and entrepreneurship in the own right. And Miami can be one of those places. And so then off we went, you know, off we went with the um, with the whole effort around building an ecosystem in, here in Miami with a thinking that, and actually drew a bright line, yeah. you know, did this work with a guy named Ben Wurz, who now works at a VC in London, who was already at Knight Foundation, and, you know, we drew a bright line is that we're not going to actually use foundation funding to invest in companies themselves. Mm -hmm. But instead, what we're going to try and do is to try and fund the resources, whether it's homegrown efforts, yeah. you know, in Miami um, or whether it's bringing things to Miami, provide those resources so entrepreneurs can build the ideas and solve problems mm -hmm. most important to them. Yeah. And off we went. I love the ecosystem investment story. Um, because even though we talk about reinvention and it can be such a personal one, and it was very clear that you had a lot of reinvention and invention, um, you know, throughout your career journey. But I think the idea of cities themselves being able to be hubs for both innovation, but also reinvention, especially when we think about like the brands of most cities, right? Um, I'm from Seattle, which has always been that space of like, okay, the Microsofts of the world, the Boeings, what Amazon. have you, Amazon, yeah. all of those things, right? But even my city went through a reinvention period as well. Sure. Um, either for better or for worse, because we know sometimes that when we are seeing these spaces of reinvention, a lot of people get left behind. And I 100%. think it's, it's really significant that you had this sort of listening tour and what came out of that listening tour was this idea around a hub or access to resources for those folks who were wanting to build companies or totally. wanting to be seen uh, within their communities for what they're building, um, expanding access to jobs and training. Because so many people sit in cities that have been either forgotten or they're not coastal cities or coastal environments yeah. where you may be in Jackson, Mississippi, 
right? And you're seeing your friends going off to Google or going off to, you know, tech, ex tech company USA and having to leave your community in order to be successful. And yet your work at Knight Foundation and the, and the work that you're doing today, which we'll also kind of mm-hmm. dive into a bit, it almost asks people, how can you reinvent yourself within your own city and realize what that may look like without having to escape, so to speak? 100%. And creating a space and a place and environment where people can walk outside of their homes and say, I have a roadmap, a local roadmap to follow that will lead to the successes that I'm looking for. And I don't have to go to the Bay and I don't have to go to New York. And I think most cities are trying to figure that out. And it's not, it's not an overnight thing. It is an ongoing investment. It's, it's going to require money, talent. It's a lot of work. And I'm, I'm almost surprised or not even just surprised, but I, I think about how much work building a sustainable ecosystem takes and the work in which you've continuously have decided to commit, like you said, double down on Miami. Mm, yeah. I think you've quadrupled down at this point yeah, right. on, <laughs> on Miami. <laughs> totally. um, and, and why, you know, why that attachment and why that investment, even though it's not immediate, is still so significant for you. Yeah. So, so man, so, you know, it's, it's a couple of thoughts, you know, as you, as you were just talking there, um, you know, number one, uh, just for context, you know, and, and there had already been some efforts that um, were underway mm-hmm. that showed how this city could change, yeah. right? So, so we're sitting here again 10 years ago, there had already been this whole effort underway around making Miami Center of Art and Culture, right? Mm-hmm. And we were seeing, beginning to see the fruits of that. By that point, our Basel had been in Miami for about 10 years. Similarly, there was this whole effort around bringing people back to the city. You know, where we're sitting right now, you know, this was not a reality, Mm -hmm. you know, certainly 20 years ago. Yeah. Right. And sort of and and creating these really cool, you know, urban environments where people can live and work and hang out and and do, you know, do amazing things. And so it was within that context then thinking, you know, we can launch you know, an effort around building a tech and startup ecosystem as sort of the next thing for Miami. Yeah. But in terms of what, you know, as we're thinking about sort of what's the problem we're trying to solve. Yeah. You know, one of them that kept coming up then was exactly what you're talking about, mm-hmm. was that people felt like if I want to do some, if I want to be professionally ambitious, if yeah. I want to, you know, launch some groundbreaking company or get some cool job, I have to go someplace else. Yeah. And that's what I was hearing over and over and over again. Yeah. And so the whole, what was one of the real drivers around the whole notion of building a tech and, and a, a viable tech community in Miami was the idea that people could, that people who are here, mm-hmm. right, could build the ideas and solve the problems most important to them here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what so informed the thing. And then, you know, and as the journey began, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, it's so it's so so much fun at the at the beginning of efforts because every small thing is such a big success. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One person who's who had left and says they're coming back is such a victory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One gathering where you have 20 people show up. You're just like, oh, 
we're on to something here, yeah. right? And so you can really celebrate each of those small successes yeah. that then become bigger and bigger and bigger. Those small wins can be very monumental. I think about totally. Miami Hack Week. I think about Black Tech Week and the conferences. And well, Black Tech Week just to shine. I'm, you know, the the one of the real privileges of being at Knight Foundation. So we launched the effort, you know, and you know Felicia Hatcher and Derek Pearson. Yeah. Dear friends of, of both of ours. Yes. And uh, Felicia is going to be she's gonna also be recording. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I remember, you know, we launched the effort, you know, and we sit down and they say, you know, we want to launch an effort called Black Tech Week. Mm -hmm. And so with this whole initiative provided the seed funding to launch it. Yeah. Right. And and so it was doing that again and again and again. I mean, finding amazing leaders and entrepreneurs like Derek and Felicia is hard, but, you know, with, you know, it's like we're going to provide, you know, all the support we can, you know, as they launch this yeah. effort. Right. And then doing that over and over again, where it's launching the Idea Center, you know, at Miami Day College inside the biggest and most diverse campus based college in the country. You know, providing the seed funding to help launch Emerge Americas, mm -hmm. bringing Endeavor here. You know, mm -hmm. Babson College had an old whole effort around supporting women entrepreneurs called the Wind mm -hmm. Lab, bringing that here. Yeah. So one thing after another, sort of, you know, brick by brick brick by brick working to build, you know, an ecosystem. But fundamental to the effort, of course, is we wanted to do something different. Yeah. And that is that, you know, looking around the established centers of innovation were places that, you know, as we see tech, you know, as, as economies become more tech enabled, the primary centers of innovation, it often can hasten divides, not ease them. And so in thinking about Miami, and it felt like the established places were trying to do a do-over. It's okay. like, wait, how can we fix this? Right. 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 And uh, and the thought was, well, Miami's just starting out. Well, how can you know, from the very beginning right. that we see diversity as our unique yeah. differentiator and build an ecosystem and that's kind of, really buy for and all the whole community? Right. And like kind of solve some of the ills that, you know, we see the the challenges in places like Oakland and San Francisco. Yeah. Um, we see that insane, you know, wealth divide, especially as cities start to um, build up their innovation spaces. Um, again, you know, my hometown of Seattle, you know, where a lot of folks got pushed out of their neighborhoods and communities. And, you know, the, the city really made room for those who were going to be landing six figure jobs at, you know, 20 something, um, you know, plus bonuses and stock. And we're already on the road towards, you know, realizing incredible wealth and great careers. Um, but just down the street, you know, those opportunities were not necessarily afforded across the board. Right. Um, and so there is definitely this space within Miami's ecosystem and, and sectors um, that you've also been involved in uh, from the standpoint of um, Opportunity Miami. Yeah. I think a lot of the work that you're doing at the Beacon Council Thank as you. well. Um, so lots of spaces and, and, and talk to me about this kind of continuous reinvention because sure. I think the way in which you've approached it maybe from a, again, I want, I want to, as a journalist, as a fellow journalist, mm -hmm. like I want to yeah. go back to like your, your journalism background sure. because like yeah. that's at the root. Always a journalist. Right? You know, we're always, always journalists. Always a journalist, right, always yeah. asking the questions. And I think about this continuous reinvention where, you know, in, in some cases the word carries so much weight because it seems as though yeah. it's intentional and it is intentional, but it's almost a reexamination over and over and over again and a questioning even your questions and a question in questioning, are you doing this right? Or are you doing this in a way that calibrates the needs of 
others? Like who else needs to be involved? Who needs to be in the room? Who isn't in the room? Who do we need to go find to actually be in the room? Um, that gives you a little bit more weight in expansion to, to decide how to move and how to make those choices, how to make those investments, how to get people on board. Um, so I want to, I want to understand the way that you look at reinvention, both for yourself, but then also, um, as like the approach of Miami's ever evolving ecosystem is, is transpiring. Yeah. So, you know, with, you know, talking about all these efforts around making Miami a center of tech and innovation's own right, of course, COVID hits, right? Yeah. And it, this moment of where people were willing to think anew about, you know, it felt like this moment of giant reconsideration, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, who do I want to spend time with? What do I want to do for work? Where do I want to live? Right. And I'm open to think, you know, completely knew about all that. And then there was this like mass exodus from all of the big centers to Miami. Exactly. And so we saw this big, so all the stuff we're talking about, whether it's about in terms of reimagining neighborhoods, whether it's around making Miami a center of art and culture, the food scene, all the work around building a tech community here in Miami, all those things coalesced that people looked up and were like, oh, wait, I'm willing to think differently, think anew, look at Miami. Mm-hmm. And people start, and of course, also Miami becomes so uniquely international, right? 54%, yeah. our last number is 54% of the population in Miami-Dade County, right? Almost 3 million people, far and away the biggest county in Florida. 54% are born outside the U.S., mm-hmm. right? I mean, no metropolitan area can compare to that, right? right. Not New York, not L.A. And so all of those factors coalesce to be like, oh, Miami. And so particularly in tech, we've seen this huge spike, yeah. which is amazing, yeah. right? And so now, though, to the point of, you know, sort of reinvention and took on this new role um, two years ago now um, to lead an initiative that's leaning into and thinking about sort of where do we go next as a community. Mm-hmm. So sort of it was time to repeat the thing, the story I told you about when I was at Knight Foundation. Yeah. And this is at a place called Beacon Council, which is the economic development organization of the greater Miami area. Yeah. And, uh, and leading an initiative um, that's focused on sort of where we go next. Just so think about the Miami of 2040. Yeah. What? Yeah. How do we imagine that, and what do we do now to build that? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so looked around, and uh, and decided. Well, this initiative, time for it used to be called One Community One Goal. But time mm. for a new name, new focus, new strategy. And this is yeah. working with you know our late CEO Mike Finney, who's the person who. Um, had the great pleasure, pleasure pleasure of working with and and passed away much 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 too soon. Yeah, that's right. And working with Mike said, you know, Mike's time for a you know new name, new focus, new strategy, and thinking about what that next chapter is for Miami. The new name is Opportunity Miami, and the thinking was that really our biggest challenges present our greatest opportunities. Mm. And thinking about a future now. So if we think about all the things we talk about in the in the reinvention of the city, becoming a center of art and culture, neighborhoods redeveloping developing a tech and startup scene, food scene, becoming so uniquely international, all those things. Sort of what's that next thing, Mm -hmm. right? And then thinking about the road ahead, really hit upon the idea that going forward, really Miami's a talent and sustainability game. Mm -hmm. Now, sort of, you know, what do I mean by that? You know, that on the one hand, Miami has the opportunity to build a uniquely diverse, skilled workforce unlike any regional workforce in North America, even can be differentiated globally. Yeah. And then in addition, you know, just as tech, you know, has, you know, sort of seeped into every part of the economy, we're going to see climate do that too. And, but in particular, 
what we've been leaning into the idea of not that climate change and here, of course, the, the result of climate change that the, the big fear is, is around sea level rise and other places it's around extreme heat, but that it's as we think about climate that yes, it presents an existential threat, but it also presents the business opportunity of our right, lifetime, right. right? That as we're transitioning to a net zero economy, what we're seeing in the auto sector right now, moving to EVs where, you know, we've you know, pioneered by Tesla, and you know Elon Musk. Now we're seeing all the incumbents shifting yeah. right now to uh, to EVs. We're going to see that in every part of the economy, mm-hmm. and that presents an opportunity, right, for more new companies. It will result in more new companies, more new jobs, more new industries, and the places that really lean into that. Those will be the places that benefit. So why here in Miami, as we think about this next chapter, mm-hmm. let's be that place that's building a uniquely diverse skilled workforce yeah. in a place that's actually hatching the solutions. Its economy is actually built on actually responding to and leading the transition to a net zero economy. All those things sound great. Like I'm again from Seattle. I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that to you. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a very blue city. Yeah. Blue state. Like I went from one side of the world to Florida. So like I just did this like cross, you know, when I think about the differences, both politically and then also from a sustainability standpoint, whereas everything about greenery, water protection, composting, renewable energy, those things were major factors, you know, in our city growing up that was like part of the ethos. And seeing the conversations start to change or emerge here is really fascinating because, you know, to your point, you know, you talked about reinvention being this opportunity to look at those challenges as new opportunities. And so I think speaking to that idea of like these kind of third markets, these tertiary markets that now get to emerge as we start to think about, well, what is possible when we're talking about net zero and what is possible when we talk about equitable economic stability and and sustainability um, across the board. And I think the equity lens and the opportunity Miami component is really interesting and really fascinating. Um, And a a lot of the work that you've been focused on is, again, you know, kind of going back to that earlier comment around everyone having an opportunity to participate and it not just being for like the Peter Thills, who I know bought a house on Miami Beach a couple right, years ago. Right, there's been ago. a lot of those stories, guys right. rolling in, and uh, unfortunately, in many cases, it's been guys, but yeah. rolling in yeah. and buying these, you know, yeah. $20 million homes here, Yeah, right? Which is all, which is, you know, which it's is all what well it is. Good. Going yeah, back yeah. to what we talked about, about Miami's sort of seeing Miami's superpowers in so many ways being an open mind, yeah. a welcoming in spirit, yeah. And also really, you know, a culture that rewards the hustle and the grit and the initiative. Yeah. Um, so we should hold on to that, right? So thrilled that he's here. But Miami's real opportunity is being a place where it's literally, you know, in every neighborhood, on every corner. Yeah. That, you know, and honestly, going back to the early days, the whole effort at Knight Foundation, success is built on in every one of those instances that that someone who has you know, that there's a problem they want to solve, there's an idea that they want to build, that they have the tools and the wherewithal and the belief that they can do it, yeah. right? And if Miami can make good on that, and it's going yeah. to be both through, you know, with Opportunity Miami, you know, we have something called the Academic Leaders Council, which is the presidents of all the six major colleges and universities in the Miami metropolitan area. Um, 
Miami-Dade College, Florida Memorial University, you know, the only HBCU in South Florida, FIU, University mm -hmm. of Miami, St. Thomas University, along with um, our superintendent of public schools. So a group that together is educating right now you know, more than a half million students mm -hmm. right across the Miami metropolitan area. You know, they are, we have the great privilege of working with them with Opportunity Miami. I think even they would say that the future is also going to be built on certificate programs, boot camps, apprenticeships, yeah. you know, the non-traditional education where you're seeing some really interesting efforts. I mean, one of yeah. the people we featured on on um, Opportunity Miami on our different channels, along, of course, with you, with our terrific conversation that we had, is Chandler Malone, the Buddha. Yeah, you know, who's he's an also going to be on the show. Oh, he is. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk just just to that. This like idea of credentialing, of upskilling, and getting ready for like those 100%. emerging opportunities that are going to be coming to create a, a center of equity as well within the hundred percent. And if yeah. Miami can really make good on that, right? Yeah, which no community has been able to really do, right? I mean, centers of innovation primarily have been places that have lacked diversity. Mm -hmm. Right. And we've seen enormous economic divides. Yes. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Right. And so if Miami can be a place where it's actively solving for that, mm -hmm. where there are entrepreneurs like Chandler who are here actively solving for that and building what will hopefully be really big, hugely successful companies. Yep. That's, you know, that's where if, if we can do that, we'll have done, done something really, really special. I love that. I love the optimism. Um, it's very energizing. I oh, think good. that since we first met, it was just always that energetic feel of like all of these things are possible. It's po and that is Miami, yeah. right? To me, mm -hmm. at least the Miami that, that I've been fortunate enough through the years to see and sort of feel again and again is that sense of possibility, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that, that there, is, there are not a lot of people telling you you can't do that yeah. or you have to wait your turn. You know, it's a place you can come into. Look at Chandler. Yeah. Right? I hope. His experience so far has been a good one, but he arrives here, you know, he's out of like Tulsa, out of Tulsa, yeah. which is a play. I visited Tulsa and I love it. I did too. Yeah. It was like, it was, it's so, so it's fascinating. There's like a lot of cities that like I learned about for the first time because you're like, oh, I never even said that word before. And then you're like, <laughs> and I visited, like, I know where Tulsa, Oklahoma is. I, was there I last know where year. Oklahoma is. It was amazing. Is. Right? <laughs> I've like flown there, you know? Yeah. But, um, but, but it's, yeah. yeah, no, there's some really special work going on there. And so, and thrilled, of course, that Chandler's here. But what I hope his experience has been is where he can come here and quickly be a leader in this community's own right. Yeah. And he's doing it, you know, the stuff he's doing with Ted up at Florida Memorial, yeah. I mean, with Ted Lucas. And so he's been able to throw himself in as not only someone who's building a company, yeah. but it's really trying to drive change across our community. Yeah, yeah. And so, so much of the things that you are a part of, um, they are almost this like kind of top-down approach, right? In which you need all these sides from the ecosystem. And as we wrap up our conversation, mm -hmm. I really want to, I really want to speak to the personal side. I really want to speak to the the viewer, the listener who is a part of a city or community. Maybe they're here in Miami. Um, maybe they're just in their city thinking about their next moves and trying to figure out where do I go from mm -hmm. here? Um, how do I tap into some of the innovation issues that might be taking place? And how do I reinvent myself? Like, what is your definition of reinvention, especially as someone who has had these various iterations yeah. where you've taken potentially challenges and turned them 
into opportunities and found your 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 place, you know, your place making. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a lot of people, that can be a very scary thing. And it can feel intimidating, especially when maybe your city's trying some things for the first time and, and you're not sure, like, do I jump in? Um, where do I participate? Um, what value can I add when I'm not necessarily sure what value contribution I have? Um, what What is your kind of yeah. so, idea around that? So for, um, I guess, you know, for me, my experience in Miami, which I think would be applicable in other cities, and certainly I'd recommend this for people coming to Miami, is, uh, is saying yes and looking around the corner. So what do I mean by that? So, you know, it's that... You know, any opportunity that comes along, whether it's, you know, a grabbing a coffee or you're invited to something or, you know, someone's doing a little dinner and say, hey, can you come and join? You know, my default is always yes. Yeah. Right. And um, and it's it is out of those conversations that often random conversations, conversations that may not really sort of be on topic for whatever it is you're currently thinking about or doing a doing uh, and focused on that those can lead to these various opportunities that otherwise wouldn't have been top of mind or may have just been percolating, you know? And so, so that's number one. Number two, and this is really something that um, anyone coming to Miami would, would strongly encourage. In fact, someone not long ago who was new here said, what do you recommend? You know, and I said, keep looking around the corner. And what I mean by that is here in Miami, you can often hear people say, Oh, it's a small town. Everyone knows everyone. Mm-hmm. And you can be in these circles where like you'll have met, have, have a coffee with someone or meet with someone. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I just met with that person. And you feel like, you know, everyone is sort of connected. Um, everyone, everyone that everyone knows everyone. Right. Yeah. You can, I, I push back against that because actually what I found is if you keep looking around the corner that you find things going on here in Miami that you had no idea were. Mm-hmm. And so, and generally when I hear folks who say, oh, Miami is a small town and, you know, that, well, go look into another room too, mm-hmm. right? Because again and again, what I found is that there are really amazing people doing really remarkable things, but you have to go look, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and sort of going back to the sort of the initial idea that we talked about at the outset that in some cities, it's sort of linear there's a path that you follow miami's really built on initiative yeah and uh but you'll be really rewarded for it if you keep looking around yeah so there's a sense of taking ownership over your journey oh yeah and some level of accountability for navigating some of those waters and at least just trying and as you say look around the corner like hop in but also look around the corner and see what's possible and see what's possible and then ultimately of course really trying to sort of get clear on what the what your purpose is yeah right yeah. which can be hard yeah right and we can go through periods where you're sort of wandering a bit but ultimately to to be able to to have impact you need to be able to land that impact right yeah. and so and it needs to go beyond sort of something at the thirty thousand foot level or just an idea but that'll ultimately arrive in a way that's actually impacting and changing people's lives I love that you mentioned wandering because I feel like, you know, everyone will kind of take a look at, you know, you, your titles, what have you, and kind of think, hey, they figured it out. And I remember there's so many periods of my life in, in wandering, right? What I 
initially set out to do, you know, going to school in New York, like I wanted to be an executive at like L'Oreal and live in Brazil. Never had been to Brazil ever in my life. Just at 18, I was like, I want to go live in Latin America. My, my minor, funny enough, was Latin American studies. And my major was international trade and marketing for fashion. And I also only did my minor in Latin American studies because I wanted to read poetry by Jorge Luis Borges as often as possible. And so I had this whole world of like, I just want to wander and I want to, I want to see what other worlds exist that I might want to be part of. But I love that you mentioned the wander and you mentioned these words that we use a lot sometimes, I think a little bit, um, you know, laissez-faire, you know, we talk about purpose and intention and impact and all of those things, but they actually have to have a sense of meaning that when you do find your purpose, you have to attach that to the impact that you're gonna have on the world. And maybe the world is the community, maybe it is your family, maybe it is an organization. And I think as we close out, I would love for you to like personally um, just reflect on how finding your purpose you know, really helped you to have the impact that you have today because your intention was not to stay in Miami, you know, when I first up got to here, this point. No. Yeah. Right. But a little bit of that wandering also allowed you to find your purpose and to have the impact that you've had on this ecosystem. So maybe you can just share a little bit. On Absolutely. That. And I think I would, you know, two things come to mind as you're talking. One, it's, it's you know, keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. And anything it's there can be those moments where you're like, I'm not sure which direction I'm supposed to go in now but keep taking another step, right? Keep going, keep going. Um, But number two, I think it's, you know, I guess it's cliche to say the journey continues, but it really does. And I know for me, as I sit here, you know, um, know, that there are going to be more chapters. I mean, I always imagined a life of chapters rather than sort of a a chapters of sort of very different things right. rather than a career of sort of one thing with chapters within it, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason, that's just was the way that I thought about it. Yeah. Um, which by the way, can be a little disconcerting because you're sort of further along in life and you're doing something for the first time and you're looking at people, contemporaries who, you know, are experts in their field. Yeah. Right. And you have to be good with that. Right. Yeah. Because you're going to be learning something new later in life. And for me, I think it's going to be, there's this is going to be happening more times yeah. right and, and and allowing for that space for allowing it to for that happen. space and doing things yeah. completely different yeah and and so and what that will be you know we'll see i know we right now want to do opportunity in miami for a while i like having the chance to lean in again on where our community goes next yeah and uh in this case really seeing you know, all the work around arts and you know, and, you know, revitalization of our neighborhoods and tech and all that stuff, that work continues with Opportunity Miami, certainly supportive of all those things, but really leaning into, you know, all this, all the efforts around talent and sustainability and seeing Mm -hmm. climate really um, as going to be something that's such a big driver in our life going forward. So leaning into that, but that's not going to be forever. Yeah. You know, and then there's that next thing and we'll see what that is. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank and you, Shrubs. As always, great. thank you for being willing to sit and have a conversation. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to another episode of The Road to Reinvention. 
If you find yourself moved or feeling free after tuning in, make sure to leave a review on your favorite listening platform and share this with someone you know who may be navigating a similar journey. You do not have to do this alone. To hang out with me more, head over to join our Fluency newsletter at ShereldDorsey.com. Until next episode, may you embrace your need to recreate, revitalize, and reinvent yourself over and over. <laughs>